Today, y'all, I, I, I'm kind of excited for this topic, but I'm not because now I'm accountable for this topic because it's, you know, when you preach something, you got to live it, you know? And so God gave me this word, and, and I'm going to go ahead and give you the title right up front. I wish I would have not allowed people to steal my peace. Woo! Come on, raise your hand. Like, I wish if that was you, I wish I would have not allowed my ex, come on, single people, to steal my peace. I wish I wouldn't have not let my crazy sister, come on, are you the crazy sister? I wish I didn't let my adult children, where y'all at, steal my peace. It's crazy how our peace can be stealing or stolen by people who didn't give it to us. <laughs> and so I'm going to start with this amazing high accountable scripture, high accountable scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 17. I wish I would have not allowed people to steal my peace. And it's a short one, but a hard one to live out. Repay no one evil. For evil. How many of y'all would just say, I'm self-admittedly petty? Come on, come on. If you make me mad, I get petty. Come on, raise your hand at every campus. I'm petty. Okay, me too. All right, we're in this together. Have regard for good things in sight of all men. Okay, I'm, I'm good with that. And then it takes it to another level. If it is possible, ooh, Jesus, as much as it depends on you, live Peaceably. With all. Man, but what about them, God, as much as it depends on you? But they betrayed me, God, as much as it depends on you. But they cursed me out, God, as much as it depends on you. Well, they got bad breath, God, <laughs> as much as it depends on you. I wish I would have not allowed people to steal my joy. Gosh. Regret, regret is awful. And I think regret as it concerns one another is just not godly. Like I'm talking about us living in this cycle of coulda, shoulda, woulda. Now I'm gonna be honest with you. Scripture says that we ought to turn the other cheek. And there was some times that Pastor Jimmy turned the other cheek and I laid my head on the pillow that night and said I should have slapped him. I could have slapped him. I wish I what? Where y'all at? Come on, where y'all at? It's crazy to me how doing the right thing sometimes bothers me more than doing the wrong thing. I be like, I ain't no punk. Come on, where y'all at? But you saved. Uh-oh. We Christian, we're called to follow after Jesus. And some of y'all like, well, Jesus flipped tables. So it's okay to flip them off. No, it's not. It's not in the book. Years ago, when I was a teenager, there's this guy in our community. In fact, he lived, his parents lived right beside me. And they were like the troubled house. Come on, somebody. Like, I, I, like. It was, I, they weren't like normal. And I don't want to judge them, I do, but I don't want to judge them. They had this son, his name was Billy, and Billy was like the, the neighborhood terror. I mean, Billy was mean, he was a bully, he was dysfunctional, he was bigger than everybody, he smelled, 
He never cut his hair. Come on, somebody. He had dirt under his fingernails, just, just Billy. He, 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 was, he was just a bully. And, and Billy, honestly, he would rob grown folks' peace. He would toilet paper cars. He would, he would walk in the middle of the street like you couldn't like, get around Billy. He just thought. And, and so I, I was a little scared of Billy. I ain't going to lie. I'm, I ain't scared of you now. But me and my cousin, we were Christians, and we went to this thing called Royal Rangers, and it was like the Christian Boy Scouts. And we learned how to tie knots, y'all, with a rope. I don't know if I've ever needed that skill, but I learned how to tie knots with a rope, and we brought these ropes home, and we were so pumped that we could do this knot tying thing. And, and we left these ropes outside on the sidewalk. We went in the house to get some Kool-Aid. Y'all know back in the day, Kool-Aid, you know. And we came back out, and... My cousin's rope was gone. And, and what we found out is Billy <laughs> had stolen my cousin's rope. So my cousin was like three years older, Billy, than me. Billy was a year older than me. So I was kind of scared of Billy, but my cousin wasn't. But maybe because Billy had a reputation. And, and so he saw Billy and he said, Billy, did you take my rope? And Billy's like, I ain't got your rope. But it was hanging out his pocket. <laughs> so my cousin chased Billy down. Billy ran up into his house next door to us. His parents were eating dinner. True story. My cousin ran in the house after Billy and told me to come on. Now, I didn't want to get beat up by my cousin, so I went on. And I get up the steps, and Billy's parents eating dinner. This is normal to them. They just sitting there. I hear my cousin wearing Billy out. Beating Billy up. I don't condone that. But just for the sake of the story, you need to understand what's going on. And I was an uninvited guest for dinner, just kind of sitting there. And my cousin comes out with the rope. He walks down the steps and says, come on. I ain't here, Billy. But my cousin had his rope. I had my rope. And as we were walking out of the house, I thought to myself, why didn't I ever confront Billy? Why did I let Billy steal my peace? He didn't steal my rope, but he stole my peace for a long time. And then I asked myself the question, I wish I would have not allowed Billy to steal my peace. How many of y'all have a relationship that has stolen some sleep from you? Come on, somebody. A relationship that has stolen... Come on, good godliness in you. Uh-huh, uh-huh, people. It's hard being called to people. That's God's job, y'all, not mine. Come on, somebody. I'm like, God, love your own people. There's some of the people that you created that I wish. Come on. People. So I thought about the kind of people that have stolen our peace, the first kind is dysfunctional people. I wish I would have not, I wish I would have known how to deal with dysfunctional people. These are current relationships. These are toxic relationships. Come on, y'all. Here it is. These are relationships that you tolerate and don't celebrate. These are relationships that tolerate you and don't celebrate you 
although you celebrate them. Does anybody have any one-sided people? Come on, somebody. You done paid their bills. Come on, somebody. You done paid their rent. You bought tires for their car, and you asked, for tw- you asked them to pay for lunch. Come on, they like split the checks, separate checks. Dysfunctional people, a friend, a coworker, a boss. How about, I wish I would have known how to deal with distant people. I'm talking about the people you're related to, but wish you weren't relational with. Come on, somebody. Any of y'all got any crazy family? Come on, let me see your hand. If you ain't got your hand up, you the crazy family. (laughs) Distant people. People that I have occasional proximity with, but I have to put up with their presence when I'm around them at work. Come on, or at church. Hopefully it's not church. I'm talking about distant people where the relationship is not as close as it used to be. And if you're honest, you play the part in that distance. Uh Uh-huh, y'all like, "Uh uh-huh, not me, Mm -hmm, you. You cannot conquer what you won't confront. (laughs) What about difficult people? I wish I would have known how to deal with dysfunctional people. I wish I would have known how to deal with distant people. I wish I would have known how to deal with difficult people. Do you have any relationships? Well, it's just hard. Come on, somebody. I ain't text you at the right time. I ain't call you at the right time. Come on, somebody. I said the wrong word. We got the wrong, we got, I got the wrong outfit on. You, you, you know, you, you, I'm talking about difficult people. I'm talking about the people that's always catastrophizing. Everything's always wrong. Nothing's ever right. The glass is half empty. Come on, somebody. Oh, woe is me. You ever been around people and you're in a good mood, then you're just around them and all of a sudden you're in a bad mood? Just difficulty. Uh huh. Some of y'all are like, yeah, my husband, he's sitting right next to me. <laughs> Bad communication, unmet expectations. I got dysfunctional people, distant people, difficult people. You know what I wish? I wish I would have known how to deal with disconnected people. People I cut off in another season and I see them in the next season. No, I'm talking about y'all. I pastored in the city I grew up in. So people I couldn't stand came to church to get saved. Come on, I'm like, I'm doing an altar call, but for that one guy back there that when I was 17, come on, somebody, him and his buddies jumped me, and I remembered, uh uh-huh, I got security now, try it. (laughs) Disconnected people. The connection has been broken because of betrayal, because of offense, maybe because of divorce, maybe because of infidelity. I got baby mama drama. I got baby daddy dysfunction. Disconnected. I'm talking about somebody that you were once in a relationship with and now for some reason, whether it's your fault or their fault or just time's fault, you're no longer in that relationship. I wish I would have known how to deal with the last one, delusional people. Come on, somebody. Y'all know people that are crazy? I'm talking about people that have a story that's not your story. Come on, somebody. Like, 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 like there's a piece missing to that story. I'm talking about people that make up stuff about you and talk to other people as if their truth is the truth. Oh, not this side. Yeah, this side look a little crazier. <laughs> Come on, line. I wish 
I would have not allowed these people to steal my peace. You see, when my cousin came out of that house with that rope, I realized that I allowed Billy to live in my head rent-free for too long. And if some of you right now, you need to tell anxiety, you need to tell discouragement, you need to tell betrayal, you need to tell, come on somebody, disconnection and dysfunctional people, today I'm giving you an eviction notice that no longer are you going to steal my peace. I wish I would have known how to worship. I wish I would have known how to pray. I wish I would have known how to read my Bible. I wish I would have known how to intercede for the people that I can't stand. I wish, if it's up to you, if it's possible, live at peace with people who hurt you and the people who helped you. Live at peace with the people who are part of your today purpose or your past pain. Live at peace with the people who are walking still on this earth and the people who are under the earth. It's crazy to me that people can be dead and gone and still living in our head. Come on, somebody. As if I got to see them every day. Could it be that today is the day for your healing? Today is the day somebody says, I'm getting my peace Yep. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in the heart causes depression. Ooh. Colossians 3, 15 says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart, not the pain rule in your heart, not the problem rule in your heart, not the situation rule in your heart. Isn't it crazy that some of us Talking about the real unsaved ones. Come on, somebody. That sometimes the jacked up stuff in your heart make it to your hands. Come on, somebody. <laughs> You're like, I ain't laying hands. We throwing them. Yeah, come on. I ain't bringing them to the altar. I'm bringing them to the grave. Like, like, no, 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 no. We're Christians. We're Christ followers. God, how do I live at peace with people who bring me pain? Number one, this is a regret. This is something I wish I had known when I was younger. Y'all ready? I wish I would have prayed for the people that brought me pain. Uh-oh. Now, Pastor, I got with the rest of your message when you were shouting, but I can't get with praying for people who hurt me. Come on, somebody. I can't pray for people who cut me off in traffic. I can't pray for the boss who gave the promotion to somebody else and it should have gone to me. I can't deal with that neighbor who cut too far into my grass. <laughs> Pray. You see, Scripture says this in Matthew 5, 44. It says, what? But I tell you, love your enemies. Ooh, Jesus. And pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Oh, okay. So when I pray for them, it makes me closer to him. 
Somebody say that with me, because that's like a bar, and you've never rapped, but here it goes. When I pray for them, when I pray for them, it makes me closer to him. Some of y'all just was a little late on that. It's okay. Okay. Pray. Can I tell you what I've learned in my life? When I pray for people who bring me pain, it takes the responsibility of alleviating the pain out of my hands and puts it in the hands of God. Y'all, y'all don't hear it. See, some of y'all need to get a prayer list out right now. Come on, somebody. I need to pray for these people because they bring me a great amount of pain. Ah. You know what I've also found as a Christ follower? When I pray for people that bring me pain, it puts a higher value on their heart and their brokenness than it does my heart and how what they did broke me. See, that's why some of you, you got family members that you haven't been able to pray for, but then you read the scripture that my whole household will be saved. How is your whole household and everybody connected to you going to be saved if you want to punch the people rather than pray for the people that bring you pain? Because you may be the only Jesus that they ever see. And the way that you respond to them will have them thinking the way that they re- he responds to them. Y'all like, please don't preach no more of this. <laughs> I ain't want to preach this, y'all, because I got to live it. And I got some people that I'd rather want to punch than pray for. Come on, somebody. My son. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Pray for the people that bring you pain. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. I I love that part right there. Because what if we started thanking God for the people that bring you pain? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying right now? I'm going to say this scripture later, but I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Proverbs chapter 16. In that chapter, one of my favorite chapters in the book, it says, When a man's ways pleases God, even his enemies are at peace with him. When I'm telling you, it's not about being right. It's about acting right. And when you act right, I need God's prayer because when I pray, it invites God's presence into my anger. It invites his presence. And then I can't respond like I want to respond. I got to respond like God responds. Somebody said, I'm going to pray for him. Come on, somebody, just say it. You got to learn how to sow it. I'm going to pray for him, Pastor. I'm going to tell them about themselves first, but I'm going to pray for them second. I'm going to put them in the hospital, then I'm going to pray for you to heal them. I'm joking. I'm joking. Pray. You know what I wish I would have understood about praying for somebody? I wish I would have understood that peace is not the absence of problems, but rather the presence of the only one who can solve all the problems, the presence of Jesus. That means I can have peace and pain at the same time. And the one that I choose to concentrate on the most will over, y'all don't hear what I'm saying right now. So when I pray, what I'm doing is inviting God's presence to the problem, inviting God's presence to the fracture, inviting God's presence to the dysfunction. I dare you, I triple dog dare you to pray for the people who brought you pain number two. I wish I had examined my heart even when I was hurt. 
Uh-oh. You mean look at me? You mean when somebody do something that offends me? You mean recognizing that nobody can make you mad? Nobody can make you happy? Nobody can make you sorrowful? Nobody can give you anxiety? That's on you. And let me tell you something what I have discovered. I'm mad because of something else, and they just triggered something from something that was undealt with in another season of my life. I have come to discover when somebody does something, it causes something to rise up in me that God's been after for years, but I don't want to look at it because I'm so busy looking at everybody else that I'm not looking at myself. Can I tell you, I'm looking the great prophet for the man in the mirror. Come on, somebody. I'm asking him to make a change. I feel like preaching right now. Some of y'all like, what's that? Michael. Pray and examine. Examine your heart when you're hurt. Mm -mm -mm. Why does this bother me? Why am I angry? And then give it a name. Give it a date. When did that happen? Because many of us have been carrying around hurts for 30 years. And we're replaying the situation of what happened over and over and over again. And never once have we put ourselves in the story of what happened in the dysfunction. And then we go from relationship to relationship, from church to church, from place to place, not realizing that you're going to go where you, with you everywhere you go. So it's time for you to deal with you and ask you yourself in the mirror, you, what's wrong with you? Who hurt you? It's time to heal the past you. And could it be that the present pain ain't got nothing to do with what's present? But the past hurt, dysfunction. I ain't want to preach this, y'all, because I got to go back and forgive some folk after this message. Wow. Pain is this amazing opportunity to deal with what has been unaddressed. Pain is not to hurt me again. It's to point out what hurt me before. Huh. Hebrews 12, 14 says, work at living at peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Have you ever been in a jacked up season of your life? And you need to see God, but you can't because all you can see is pain. Come on, y'all. You be in worship, just worshiping. Come on, somebody. No valley you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. But you really trying to go after somebody else? Come on, Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. But we still standing on being right? Man, could it be? That it's not that God's not talking. I just can't hear him because of all the noise of my pain. You know what I've come to discover? Is that my emotions are telling me something. Uh-huh. Emotions aren't bad. You're not, you don't have a faith issue because you're angry. 
You don't have a faith issue because you feel discouragement or shame or grief. Actually, I think it's, a, it's something that God's trying to tell you. You see, I think that emotions are powerful, intuitive indicators that lets me know that my spirit is ready to fight that which I'm feeling, not me to fight against it. And so what I've discovered in my life, oh, why am I angry? Oh, it's my mama issue. It ain't my wife. So now I don't have to get mad at my wife. I ask my wife to help me point that thing out that God is using for her to bring to the surface because God is trying to tell me it's time for that mama wound to heal so I can heal your marriage. Many of us, guess what? Your marriage can't get healed because you ain't healed with your mama. Oh, your daddy, some of y'all like, stop coming for my mama. I got you. That's what's, that's what's, man, I'm telling y'all, Irene and I are so good right now. Like, we just got this, like, thing going right now. You know why? Because we both have taken responsibility that we don't trigger one another. Mm -mm. That thing is coming up to trigger something that she wasn't even around that happened, that God is using her as a mirror to bring that thing up in me. So that I can go to counseling, come on somebody, and ask God to heal that thing. Somebody say, examine me. Search my heart, oh God, that if anything that offends you, bring it up to me. God, let me tell you something. Because if it offends God, it's offensive to your purpose. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have examined my heart when I was hurt. Number three, I wish... I would have accepted that God uses fractures for a greater future. Uh, you, you know what I love now? My, my wife is seven years, four months sober. It's a good place to clap. When I landed yesterday, they had a picture of me and her in my hotel room. I love that. Thank you, whoever did that. You know what I said? I sat there in the quiet, and I thanked God for our pain. I thanked God for all of the water bottles that I found with vodka in them. I thank God for the fights. I thank God. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I thank God that I was questioning leaving eight years ago. He says, Pastor, why are you thanking God? Because I found out. That if it ain't good yet, God's not done yet. And I found out that he works all things together for my good. And so guess what? When my heart is right, when my motives are right, I can thank God for pain. Because if it had not been for the dysfunction, I wouldn't appreciate the destiny. If it had not been for the sorrow, I wouldn't be able to appreciate the joy. I dare you for about 30 seconds to thank God. I may not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Is anybody grateful that God still is with you? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord.
plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and not a fracture, but a future. Wow. God, thank you for working back there. Because now that I'm thanking you for working back there, my friend Todd Trippett would say it this way. If you did it before, you can do it again. Same God right now. Same God back. Then I came to preach to you today that relationships in your life are about to be restored. And four of y'all clapped because y'all like, I don't want them people in my life no more. I get it. You don't want them in your life, but God wants them in heaven. And he could be tapping you on the shoulder today saying, can I borrow your life? Can I borrow your hurts? Can I borrow your disappointments? Can I have you forgiven people that don't deserve it just like I forgave you? Because when you act like me, they may be the, you may be the only Jesus that they ever see. And their, come on, definition of church is how you respond. I felt like preaching right there to them. I wish I would have accepted number four. No, I wish I would have committed to a route of reconciliation. Somebody say reconciliation. I think we get these two things confused. Forgiveness and reconciliation. Forgiveness is a choice. Reconciliation is a process. But some of us don't make the choice because we don't understand what the process requires. We don't understand what the process looks like. We don't want to revisit the pain of what happened and the pain of insecurity. And let me tell you something. That's why we have narcissistic controlling people in the world. You know what they are? They really just hurt insecure people that put on a front that they got everything together because they don't want to touch the pain. I came to tell you that no matter what state you are in, it's okay to touch the pain. It's okay. God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He says, I'll be gentle with you. He says, there's nothing you can do for me to give up on you, so don't you dare give up on them. I'm going to give you a hard scripture. Y'all ready? It's hard, though. Matthew 6, 15. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive you of your sins. It's crazy that my attitude could keep me out of heaven. I could be a tither. I can go to church. I can serve on a team. I can ask God to forgive my sins. But if I don't forgive theirs, I can't see Jesus. Uh-oh. Some of y'all, yeah, I better get this right. <laughs> my diabetes kicking up again. I better... Guys, I'm learning this. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a work in progress in this because I'm petty. I catch an attitude. And anybody just self-admittedly petty. Come on, somebody. Like, when somebody wronged me, come on, put your hand up if that's you. Like, uh-huh, with my spouse. Come on, I keep score. Let me help you. Come on, with my children. I cut your cell phone off. Come on, somebody. Where y'all petty? Where my petty people at? Come on. 
y'all. If I get mad at church, I ain't showing up for two weeks. I ain't tithing. I'm petty. I'm telling y'all right now, sometimes I'm 10 years old. I'm 49, I act 10. And I would never forget, I was sitting with my good friend Travis Green in West Palm Beach at lunch. I was paying for lunch. And we, I was telling him about this situation with this person that I had issue with. And I ain't gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. This was a couple months ago, y'all. That's ain't years. <laughs> and he said, man, look what God's doing in your life. He said, man, look how God's blessed your children. He said, look how God, how God repaired your marriage. He said, look at, you ain't got no debt. Like, look, look, look what everything God's doing. I said, yeah. He said, that's favor. I said, man, I'm honored to walk in favor. He was like, bruh, you can have favor or you can be petty, but you can't have both. Uh-oh. Come on, somebody. Look at the person next to you and say, you can have unforgiveness or you can have favor, but you can't have both. Could it be that you are blocking your own blessing? Here's what I decided. Forgiveness is a decision. Reconciliation is a process. I'm not going to allow the process to stop me from making a decision. Because I'm a work in progress. I ain't got it all together. You know what I think unforgiveness really is? Pride. Mm -hmm. Not looking at your own stuff saying, yeah, I'm a little jacked up too. It's crazy that people judge others because others sin differently than them. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Y'all like, can you stop now? I I'm on me. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me. I could text somebody right now. Come on, somebody. And say that Siri said that. I ain't said it. I said it. The last one. I wish I would have embraced the gift of grace sooner. You know what I realized, my guy? What's your name? Justin, you got strong flannel game. I like that. You know what I wish, Justin? I realized that I can't give something to someone that I've never received myself. So how can I give someone grace if I've never walked in God's grace? See, I think some of us, it's not that we don't want to forgive them. We just never forgave ourselves. Oh, from when you was in high school, when you was in college, the decisions you made, the things you said. Let me tell you something. I wonder if lost people around us are waiting for found people to actually enjoy and walk in the grace that they've been found. Because maybe lost people never get found because found people, come on, somebody never accept the fact that they can't do it without Jesus. You know what I've been praying? God, I can't physically and mentally forgive them. 
but I'm going to spiritually forgive them just like you forgave me. And then I'm going to let you, I, my forgiveness is going to be seed. The process is going to be increased in the season that you want. And guess what? Matthew chapter 18 even says to me, I got to do everything that I can do if it's possible. If not, I got to wipe the dust off my feet and move on. Guys, I'm telling you right now, wait, 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 I, 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 I'm just in this place when I'm like, God, I don't want to do anything for you to stop a move of God because of what I'm carrying. And if that's you, and if this message has hit you in any way, matter of fact, everybody stand up right now because I think all of us got something that we need to give to God right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now. I'm not going to say I wish I would have forgiven them. I'm not going to say I wish I would have made it right. God, because you made me right, today I'm making it right. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that I receive your grace. I pray that I receive your joy. I pray that I receive your freedom. I pray that I receive your reconciliation. I pray that I receive your mercy. Father, this is a house of miracles, and people are going to be saved. People are going to be sanctified. People are going to be redeemed. Lost people are going to be found. Unforgiven people are going to be forgiven. In Jesus' name, God, use me to reach my city. Use me to reach my family. Use me to to reach the world. Father, if there's anything in my heart that doesn't break for the things that breaks your heart, give me a level of compassion that I didn't even know I could have. And now let me practically text those who I haven't talked to in a long time. In Jesus' name. And everybody said a good amen. God bless you, people's church.